Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. God for today. This is the last Sunday before Christmas. Amen. And it's a time of joy. It's a time of family reunions. It's a time where there's much celebration. Amen. And the celebration of Christmas is not in the turkey or in the roast beef or pork or whatever, or maybe yours is before a light soup. But the, the celebration of the season it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Amen. Oh, I thought you were going to clap your hands. Amen. And this one, I want to minister a word that I've titled, The Greatest Gift. Because Jesus is the greatest gift that has ever been given. Amen. 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 You're clapping. I didn't hear your clap. Clap. Yes. Your clapping means you agree with me. But if you don't agree, you are free not to clap. Amen. You know, around this time, we are looking forward to gifts, especially children. I remember when we were children, we wait eagerly for Christmas morning. And sometimes our parents would have put our presents under the tree, and you want to open the present before Christmas morning, but you are supposed to wait. So if I, those are the days that you wake up early. If you normally wake up at 8, by 4 or 5, you are awake, waiting to open your presents. Because it's nice when you get a gift. How many of you love gifts? Oh, if you don't love gifts, how many love gifts? Yes. Love gifts. And I always tell people, I don't open my gifts, you know, in a very nice, polite manner. I tear the wrapper. So great is my eagerness. But it's good when you receive a gift. And in this season, we're giving gifts to one another, and it's good. It's nice. A sign of appreciation, a sign of love. But the greatest gift that has ever been given is the gift of God to us. Amen? The gift of God to us. Amen. Oh, clap your hands. And I want to read from the book of First John chapter 4, the verse 7 to 11. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because he sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Amen. Amen. Oh, clap your hands. That's a scripture. That's a word of God. Amen. I remember when my husband and I got married. We got so many presents. But among the presents that we got, I mean, the bulk of the presents that we got, I don't know if I have told you this before, were tea sets. In those days, G&TC, 
Many of you don't know GNTC. It used to be a very, you know, good chain store, supermarket sort of thing. GNTC was having a sale on tea sets. And we got married in Akosumbo, by the way. And there's a GNTC just, you know, right opposite the boarding house of Akosumbo International School, until for Sinos. And so the teacups were there. And we were getting married. <laughs> we were getting married. So we got a lot of presents. But as we opened the presents, we realized that almost all were tea sets. A lot of tea sets. And I was wondering, how much tea are we going to drink? Because look at the number of tea sets. It looked like we would have to use it for the rest of our lives. It was good. In fact, what happened was that my husband and I decided, okay, we'll give them away. So whenever we were also <laughs> invited to a wedding, <laughs> we'll wrap a set and give it away. We gave a lot of tea sets away too and kept a few for ourselves. They were good gifts. But you know, were they all useful to us? Obviously, no, because we didn't need so many T-sets. So in life, you can receive a gift. But the number one thing is, is the gift useful? And how valuable, number two, how valuable is the gift? And number three, how effective would that gift be in your life? These are questions we ought to ask ourselves where gifts are concerned. Then we also ought to think, how do you measure the value of a gift? How do you judge its worth? Is it by its size, by its weight, or how much it costs to be bought? In all these things, we see that it's none of the above. But we read here that God gave a gift to all mankind. Amen. And that gift is his son. This morning, I want us to in our heart and mind, measure God's gift to us. God's gift to us. Number one is usefulness. The gift of Christ is useful to us. Number two, how much did it cost God to give that gift to us? And number three, how effective is that gift to us and unto others? So the first thing I want us to consider is about the usefulness of the gift of God. You know, God's gift to us, which is, or who is Jesus, God gave Jesus to us so that we may live. Amen. Jesus was giving us a gift that would take away our sin, take our death, take our destruction. And give us life that we might live. Amen. So, number one, we see that God's gift to us is very useful. Jesus said in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. So, we see that Jesus came as a gift of God that we may have abundant life. Now, sometimes when we talk about abundant life, what are our thoughts? Is it about a cup that is overflowing? But I like to think that an abundant life is not just to exist. Because some of the people pass through life 
and when they are gone, and you say, oh, do you remember Mr. something? Then they'll ask you, which Mr., which, 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 which one? Or someone will say, ah, I don't know who you are talking about. Obviously, they, they, they did not make enough impact to their world, to society, to their families. Because there are some people, as soon as you say, do you remember this person? Oh, yes. They will rather fill you the details about the person. So Jesus, the gift of God, came to give us a certain kind of life that we will not just exist, amen, but we will have a life that means something. Beloved, your life must mean something, amen. He came that we will have a life that has worth, a worthy life, abundant life. You see, a life with a purpose. Today, many live life without purpose. They don't know where they are going. They don't even know where they are coming from. They don't have any purpose in life. What I want to do, how am I going to do it, what I want to achieve, what is my aim, what is my passion, nothing. So they go with the wind. If the wind blows towards the east, they go with it. Then the direction of the wind changes, they change with it. That is not an abundant life. You are just existing. Your life must have meaning. Amen. Your life must have a purpose. There must be a purpose to your life. And you realize that there are many people who have come, died, and gone, and they live for certain purposes that today, when you, know, you look at the world, it's, it's, it's manifest to the good of all mankind. People who, by the grace of God, invented certain things. People who helped people. Every year they give the Nobel Peace Prize. Mother Teresa got a Nobel Peace Prize because she lived with a purpose. Amen. To help the poor and the widows in Calcutta, India. You know, and people have emulated her in different parts of the world. So she lived with a purpose. The gift of God was so that we might also have a sense of purpose. A life which has value. Your life must count for something. Your life must have value. Amen. Your life must have meaning. Amen. And above all, God gave this gift so that we will have a life that has an eternal destination as well as consequences. Amen. So we, do, we are not just living for this life. There's a life after we leave this earthly tabernacle of clay. And the destination of our human spirit depends on whether you have received the gift or you have not received the gift. Amen? Amen. Bible says God has given us life. And this life is in the Son, Jesus. Whosoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And he's talking about not just existence. He's talking about abundant life and eternal life. You know, God has made you a special person. Oh, you don't believe it. You are a very special person. Just look at yourself and think about it. You are special and you are unique. There, there is no one like you. No, no, no. There's no one like you. Even among twins, there's a difference. I had um, some classmates who were twins when we were in primary school. And they looked alike, so much alike. But we, their classmates, could tell the difference. The teachers could not. So whenever one of them, I'll call her M, 
the one was, I, I, just, just for pre- privacy's sake, she's M and the other was B. So whenever M got into trouble, and in those days, teachers believed in spare the rod and spoil the child. So they would take out the, the, the rod and say, M, come for your lashes. She said, I'm not M, I'm B. Then he would confuse. Then he would say, M, point to B, come for your lashes. She said, I'm not M, I'm B. So in that instance, they are all B. So <laughs> at first, the teacher would just let both of them go. Then they came to a time, he would kill both of them. <laughs> but if there had been a fingerprint machine, it would have shown that they are different. So every one of you is unique in your own way. And, and, and you, you, oh, clap your hands and give God praise for your life. And you are on your own peculiar journey in life. Your journey is different from my journey. My journey is different from your journey. But it is all unique. So we, we have to understand that our lives must have a purpose. And we must go along that purpose. Amen. Amen. God actually chose us. He handpicked us. We are not you know, uh, um, uh, persons of you know, accidental you know, maybe you just be picked accidentally. No, 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 you are not an accident. So I tell people that, listen, whether you were born out of rape, born out of whatever, or whatever, you are not an accident. You carry great death. God purpose you should be here. I heard about a woman who said she don't have any more kids. I think she had five. So she went and you know, um, did um, family planning thing, the loop, or whatever, one of those things, IUCD, IUCD. And then she realized that she was changing, changing. Went to the doctor, doctor said, you are pregnant. How could I be pregnant? Said, you are well, you are. When the baby was born, the baby was carrying the IUCD in his side. <laughs> he was actually carrying, he, he, he had the IUCD in his house and came out and said, I'm here. <laughs> I should be here. You know, you are not an accident. Either way, God ordained that you should be here. Amen. God actually handpicked you, amen, to make you his own. And in Christ, before the foundation of this world, God actually selected you to be set apart for himself. You were specially created, amen, handcrafted. You are not a a person, a result of a mass production, amen. You are not, amen. Your purpose is to bring glory to God. Amen. So tell somebody, I am here for the glory of God. Look at somebody in the face. Listen, I am here for the glory of God. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. So our purpose in life is to live a life that is meaningful to the Lord. To encourage and support others. We are not to live for ourselves but we are to encourage and help others to live a Christ-like life, you know, and the gifts and the talents that God has given us, which are so varied. Amen. What you can do, I can do, what she can do, you can do. You know, all those gifts are for, not for our own purpose or for our selfish, you know, um, enjoyment and intention, but for, for others. Amen. So our purpose is to bring glory to God. Amen. So that when we meet him on the last day, he will say unto us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest of your Lord. Amen. Oh, give the Lord a clap offering. 
The second thing I said that you, you can measure a gift by its cost. Amen. Measure a gift by its cost. When you are going to give something to somebody you love or really appreciate, you know, you actually weigh it. Is this gift good enough? So you give a good gift by, 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 by cost, the value of the gift. Amen. God actually gave a gift of value to us. God didn't send one of his angels. There are many angels, thousands and millions of angels. He didn't send an angel. He sent his only begotten son. The best. The only. Oh, clap your hands. He didn't give us his leftovers. No. You know, sometimes when somebody comes and says, Oh, um, please, can you give me a shoe? Oh, of course I'll give you a shoe. You go to your wardrobe and say, Which shoe don't I like? <laughs> the oldest one. The one who gives me problem, which actually wears me, squeezes my feet. And you pick that one. You say, Here's a shoe. But in, no, actuality, that shoe is not a shoe you treasure. That's not what God did. God gave his best to us. Amen. Amen. And, and God doesn't want, you know, cheap stuff from us also. Amen. Or for us. He wants the best for us and the best from us. Amen. The time came when David was going to make um, a sacrifice unto God, a peace offering, in that he had erred and there was judgment and he wanted to make a sacrifice to appease the wrath of God. And he wanted to use a field or, or a field or a land to do the sacrifice. And the owner of the land said, take it. After we are all in trouble, take it and make the sacrifice. He said, no, no, no. I will not give to God anything that does not cost me. I choose to pay for it. I want to pay for it. Amen. And this is the kind of love that we are talking about. Amen. You see that, not that we love God... But he loved us. If somebody loves you, it's very easy to love the person back. If you are short of somebody's love, it's very easy to give your best to the, the person. But here's the case. We didn't love God. Some were even running from God. Some didn't even want to know God. But yet still, he loved us enough, amen, to give us the best that he has. And it was for a sacrifice, for a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that costs you to do. You know, if I give you out of the abundance of maybe a pack of chewing gum in my bag, it's not a sacrifice. I mean, I can give it to you. But if maybe I give to you something that I really treasure and I don't want to give away easily, but I have to give for one reason or the other, I have to sacrifice it. Sacrifice is painful. Sacrifice is hard. It, it's, not, it's not easy. You know? But God gave his only and his best to us. Not for him to live, but for him to die. And not just any death, but a shameful death. Whenever it's Christmas time and we are you know, talking about the birth of Christ, the birth of Christ, I love it. But I think to the end of the birth of Christ... He was born to die. That's it. He was born to die. It is like, you know, sometimes when um, a child has a certain kind of um, 
ailments, especially some, some cancers, and they need a bone marrow transplant. And then, you know, he, doesn't, he or she doesn't have a sibling. And doctors say that if only he or she had a sibling, maybe it would be a match. Some parents, I don't know how ethical it is, but some parents would actually get pregnant and have a child in order to take its bone marrow to save the, the older brother or sister. Have you heard about that? It's, it, they do it. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And that's what some people will do. You know? But here is God giving the best that he has as a sacrifice. Take it. Let him die. So that I may beget sons and daughters. The reason why God gave that gift so that he would have you and I as sons and daughters. Are we together this morning? Amen. So he sent his best for us. He sent Jesus Christ for us. His, he was born to die. His birth was for one purpose, to die. The son of God took on human form. He was incarnate. I read somewhere somebody, you know, jokingly wrote that people don't say reincarnation, say incarnate. But some people say the reincarnation of Christ. Say, no, 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 it's not reincarnation, it's incarnate. He was incarnate. He took the form of man, became flesh in order to die for man. Amen? Because, you see, if you want to talk to an ant and you go as big as we are and you go to, you know, a line of ants on their way to find some bread and you, you put your finger there and say, ants, ants, I want to talk to you. They'll just run away. What was this? I was this. This looks like a mountain. But if you want to talk them, to, the, to them, for them to hear you, you must become an ant so that they can relate to you. You don't scare them off. So Jesus took the form of man. He didn't come in the form of an angel. He came in the form of man, sinful man. He took on flesh, amen, amen. earthly flesh, that he might die to redeem us and to save us. What a gift. I said, what a gift. What a gift. Amen. So we can say that God's gift to us is valuable. It costs much. The gift of God to mankind is valuable. It costs much. Amen. It costs much. It costs much. I don't know if you've ever had to make a sacrifice that after you made the sacrifice, you were even angry. Sometimes happens. And I'm, when I talk about sacrifice, you can talk, think about the big things. But maybe your last morsel of maybe some nice food you like and you are eating. And you know how children are. Sorry, when you have children, they'll come, Mommy, can I have some? And you like, this is the last bit. You can say, no, you can't. Mommy, please, please. Okay, have it. And it was your last carol. Last. I suppose if it's maybe a piece of maybe some delicious succulent aristotelian steak. Hey, Iris. Clap for Iris. <laughs> Iris always has it. You see, the last piece of some delicious tender steak. And your child says, I want to eat it. And you want to eat it. But then you give it. It's a sacrifice. It costs you some disappointment and pain. But you gave it nevertheless. Praise be to God, beloved. I said praise be to our God. 
And that is why the Bible says that if he could give his only and beloved son for us, what else will he deny us of? You know, if he could give his best to you, that which costs so much, that which is so valuable to him, what are the little things that we are asking of God that he will say no to? The things we ask from God are so, you know, little when compared to the sacrifice that he has already made for us. And for, for all of us, this should give us confidence when we come to him in prayer. That if he has done this, then this one is nothing. It should give us confidence when we come before God in prayer. That if God could give his only begotten son for us, or bring it down to yourself. If you say, as it seems like far away. For me, as I said to you this week, that if you had been the only one, Jesus would still have come to die for you. Amen. Amen. For me, then what else? So this morning, I don't know what it is that you've put before the Lord. Whatever it is that is giving you sleepless nights. Whatever petitions you put before God. Whatever you are, you, you need God to change desperately in your life. Listen, it's not bigger, it's not more valuable, it's not, it's not greater than the sacrifice that he's made. God, God has got that one. It, it's, it's easy. I say it is easy. So be confident and let your heart you know, be encouraged that he will do it. His name shall be glorified. Then we talk about effectiveness of the gift. How effective is the gift of God to, to us? How effective? You know, one of the most annoying things in life is when you have bought a gadget or an appliance, you take it home, and then you put it on, and it doesn't work. It's so annoying. I mean, like, you want to go back to the shop quickly and, and, and have it out with the manager and change it. And in these days of online shopping, if you order something online, the most annoying part is that you have to repackage it, send it to the post office. Hey, by the time it goes, and you know, it's a whole hassle. So sometimes it's like, just leave it. But you see, a gift must be effective. You've bought something, you want it to work. You've given a gift, it should you know, bring a change. It should do something in, in the person's life. Are you understanding me? If you buy something and it doesn't work, then there's no point to it. See, but God's gift to us is effective. And, and what is the effect? Because, you see, God had a plan. God had a mind. You see, huh? the verse 11 says that if God loved us or so loved us, so, ought, so should we love one another. We ought to love one another. So the purpose for which God gave Christ to die for us is that after demonstrating such love for us, we should also love one another. Amen. The gift of God given to us is to change us. When you have received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the, 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 there will be a change. The old is gone, the new has come. Sometimes it's not an, it's not an automatic change in the soul, that's in the mind and but then the, your spirit man is born anew. And you realize that bit by bit, the things that used to you know, please you, the things that you'd like to do, the things that you found so easy to do, you realize that you are changing. Your mind is being renewed daily by the word of God and you are being transformed. If you were a selfish person, suddenly you realize that, oh, that selfishness is giving way 
you know, to kindness. You want to share. You know, you're different. You know, if you are very impatient, that one too, you realize that the patience is coming bit by bit. See, so God's gift to us is very useful so that it's for our change. It's for our transformation to change us. You are no longer the person you used to be. If you are in this house this morning or watching online or listening and you are truly born again, giving your life to Jesus, ask him to come and live in your life, live in your heart, be your Lord and your Savior. You are no longer the person you used to be. So we sing this song. Things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to say, I say them no more. Places I used to go, I go there no more. There's a green change since I met the Lord. How many of you know it? Let's sing. Great change since I met the Lord. Great change since I met the Lord. There's a great change since I met the Lord. There's a great change since I met the Lord. There's a great change. Great change since I met the Lord. Things I used to do, I do them no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. The place I used to go, I go there no more. There's a great change since I met the Lord. Oh, come on, give the Lord a clap offering. There's a change. You know, because when you look at yourself today, maybe in the past, there were certain things that would not fly with you. I mean, you go to a shop or somewhere and you've paid for something, you know, the shop assistant or something is trying to, you know, raise shoulder, become some way. I mean, the old you would just say, listen, let me put you in your place. But now, you can't even find the strength to do that. You are looking for the strength to put the person in their place, but you realize that the vim is not there anymore. That's the change. That's a, the transformation that comes. And the surprising thing is that you don't see when it happens. But when the occasion demands you really releasing fire from all 12 cylinders, and you realize that mm, the cylinders are not working, there's a, ah, what's going on? Me pa, me ne. They realize, ah, ah, something's happened. The thing that would really worry you and bother you and you sleep just nice. Now you can just pray about them and you just fall asleep. And you want, I used to be a warrior, but I, 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 I don't worry. The things you could not tolerate. So I don't tolerate on this holy pulpit things. I will, I will, I will not say what I, Holy ground. Tell us about you are on holy ground. But you just realize that there's a change and that's what the gift of God does. That's what having Christ in our life does. Amen. He gives us an inner strength that we never had. He gives us peace. Peace in spite of the storms that are raging all around us that we never had. He gives us a certain confidence in life and for life that we never had. 
something changes. Our fears give way to faith. You know, and the things that will trouble us today, you put it in the hands of God, you pray, and then that's it. You know, like your father will handle it. You, he'll handle it. He'll handle it. The gift is effective. Amen. The gift is effective. But where I want to zoom in on is the verse 11, as I said. And he said, if God so loved us, beloved, we ought also to love one another. And the ought there is not should, as some translations say. It is must. If God loved us like that, then we must also love one another. We must certainly love one another like that. Amen. We must love one another. Christmas is a time of joy, party, celebration, but above all that, it's a time of love. Not the world kind of love, which is either the filial love, which is you love me, I love you back. You do me, I do. You don't do me, I also don't do you. No. That's not the type of love. We are talking about the agape, the God kind of love. Whether you love me or you don't love me, I am supposed to love you, so I love you. Whether you wrong me or you don't wrong me, I still choose to love you. Whether you look like me or you don't look like me, I love you. Because some people don't want to love people who don't look like them. You, not, not, not physical appearance, but sometimes maybe you meet somebody and the person has only one leg or no leg. And people can be so discriminatory. It's mean. And they'll discriminate against you just because they think this or that. But you see, when we're talking about the agape, we love in spite of everything. We love one another. And that is what the effectiveness of the gift of Christ is. Amen. See, God so loved the world, Bible says. And that world is not the buildings. and It's talking about mankind, you and I. He so loved us in spite of our failings, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of ourselves. Because I can tell you that some of us could have been, or maybe were very unlovable. You know, some people are very unlovable. You say left, they say, many left. You say right, what kind of right? You just can't make a headway with them. So difficult to manage, you know, having even a, a peaceable conversation with them. But God's love, you know, encompasses all these. And I always think about this. That God really, really, really loved mankind. Because you see, if you have a guarantee that the person you love will love you back, it's easy to give. You see, but when God was giving Christ to die in our place, there was no guarantee, and there's still no guarantee, that we accept the sacrifice. There are many out there today who say that they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Many people say, oh, as for them, they don't need God. Some will say there's no God. Man is, uh, you know, um, an outcome of uh, 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 a bomb, a blast, and all kinds of funny, funny, funny theories. Man, you know, evolved from the ape. And I said, so what, what has happened to the apes in the forest now? But I said, they should also be changed, right, over time. It's been years. But God gave his son to die for all those, everyone, and so whosoever 
shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't say a particular kind of people. He said whosoever. That is a certain kind of love that is unconditional. Amen. God loves you despite yourself, your shortcomings, your failings. Amen. Man, the love of man, as I said to you, is like that. Either filial love or, you know, eros love. Those are all subject to change, you know. Because with the filial love, that one, I find it very funny. That's, well, if I do this for you, I'm expecting you to do this for me. If you don't do this for me, the next time is a no-go area. But God doesn't do that. He keeps on pouring his love. Keeps on blessing us. Keeps on blessing us. The sun shines on the sinful and the righteous alike. The sun shines on everybody. Because if, I won't say I were God. I'll say you, if you were God. If you were God, you will cause the sun to shine on the people that you think are good people. I would do the same. I will say, these this people in this area, Light off. No light. For their stubbornness and everything. But that's not God. God's goodness is to all. That's a different kind of love. And that is the love that God wants us to have towards one another. Not the filial love, not the eros. The eros is the romantic, amorous love. When a young girl meets a young boy or a man meets a girl and it's all that, like how um, knee was rubbing Gertrude's hand when he put on the wedding ring on Thursday. Hey, knee. <laughs> Missy, knee, put the ring on and say, with this ring, I did wear it. He was saying, when he finished, knee, drop the hand. No. Knee was holding the hand and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. Missy Ordonier. Love. Oh, clap for knee. They are newlyweds. I'm just pulling his leg. I know you're shy. But, but that, that's what happened. He was rubbing the hand with the... I said, hey. This is love. She's watching the ring. She has to massage and caress the hand. That is amorous, romantic love. But you know, that one is subject to change, but not yours. Yours won't change. Because I'm telling you, after some time, you know, things may happen. Things may change. And that heart beat, that fast pumping of the heart, boom, 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 boom. When you see, you know, the one you love when you're young and your heart is beating at maybe 145 beats per minute instead of 76, it will not be like that. You still love. You still love, no mind you, you still love. But that feeling might not be like that, but the love would, I mean, endure it is there. So all these different kind of love is subject to change. But the agape, the God kind of love, is unchanging. It's unchanging. And that is the kind of love that God wants us to have. He said, we must certainly love each other like that. Amen. God's love Bible says it's shed abroad in our hearts through faith. So we, we receive the love of God so that we would know how to love. Emulate the love of God. Amen. So this morning, as I bring my message to a close,
I want to ask you, does the love of God for your life change you? Has it changed you? Does it affect your behavior? In that, are you merciful unto others as God is merciful unto you? God has said, we are not perfect. We are all not perfect. But God loves us as we are, like that. Can you love other people just as they are? Without being judgmental. Without being sometimes even cruel. Can we do that? Can we try it? Oh, let me don't want to try. Can we try it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a love of God that is manifest and given to you. Does it help you treat other people right? And so one thing you must understand is that God loves you and God loves the other person. And God loves the other person. When you say you love God and you mistreat the other person, you are not showing the love of God. You, you are mistreating the one that God loves. And I don't think God takes that kindly. Are you understanding me? So you must see the other person as somebody that God also loves and values. So you must also value the other person. It's not all about ourselves. It should not be all about our needs, our desires, and me, and me, and me, and me. That is selfishness. And God is not selfish. God is giving. So we must love one another like that. Amen. Be kind-hearted to one another. Love one another. That is what love is intended to do. Amen. It must change us into loving, compassionate people who care for others. If you, are, you say you are a Christian, the, the greatest marker is not the amount of hours you can pray. It's not the amount of scriptures you can quote. It's the love of God that is being manifested through your life. Friday, we were here for the worship night. And I was at this altar praying. And as I prayed, I said, God, I need your power. I need your presence for this assignment you have given me. And do you know what he said to me? He said, first of all, ask me for my heart. He said, ask me for my heart. Because if you have my heart, all those things follow. So I started asking for it. I said, God, give me your heart. And since Friday, I've been praying God, give me your heart. Give me a heart like yours. But until you have a heart like the heart of God, it's difficult to love. And God will never put, you know, power in your hands, put certain things in your hands when you don't have love. Because it will be like putting a gun in the hand of a two-year-old. And the reason why sometimes we've asked God for certain things some of you pray, God, give me supernatural finances, money, 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 money come to me now, and money. And God is looking at you and he's smiling. Why? Because he knows that how your heart is and how you are selfish like that, if he gives it to you, you probably destroy yourself and others with that money. But when you have received the heart of God, a heart that is caring, a heart that is sharing, a heart that is compassionate, then he'll give it to you. Because he knows that once he gets it to you, he can get it through you. Are we together? Put your hands together and thank God. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another. Because love is of God. And I thought about this when I said, you see, let's not love in words. Because talk is cheap. 
I love you, and I love you, babe, and I love you, boo, and I love you. Anybody can say that. Let us love indeed. Let's love in action. God demonstrated his love. The demonstration of anything is very obvious. Right? He didn't say, I love mankind. I love all men. They are my creation. I love them. I love them. No. He demonstrated his love. And what is the demonstration of God's love? Christ Jesus sending him to die in our place. To be born to die in our place. Are you getting it? So your love must be demonstrated. Demonstrate your love to others. Demonstrate your love to one another in how you speak. Be tender-hearted. Bible says, and kind towards one another. Somebody wants to ask you a question. So, um, uh, madam, what? <laughs> Tell somebody, take it easy. I mean, you wake up in the morning, it's like you have a bear with a sore um, paw or something. Hey, you know, what is that? Calm down. Let the love of God m- manifest through you. You know, demonstrate God's love. It must, it must tell in your words, in your actions, in what you do or what you don't do. I need to stop now, but I can't miss this one. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 gives, you know, a, a long account of what love is and what love does and what love does not do. And I read that scripture so often, and it came to my mind that love is not a feeling. No, love is not a feeling. Love is a character, the character of love. Amen. Because if you're going to rely on the feeling, I mean, look at us. Your emotions change about 20 times in an hour. One minute you're happy, next minute you're sad. Next minute you are angry. Next minute you are so... And we change. But like that. But you see, the stability of God's love within us is that I love you, I love, and that is it. Your character doesn't change my love for you. Your frown doesn't change me. Your offish ways doesn't change me. Well, when she sees me, she doesn't say hello, so I also pass by. That's not love. The God kind of love. She saw you. She didn't say hello. Maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe she woke up with a headache. Maybe she just received bad news from somewhere. So the God kind of love is, oh, Sister Mary, are you okay? Good morning. Thought I'll come and say hello and see how you are doing. Oh, oh Sister Felicia, you know, I'm so out there. I, you know, because we, we have challenges. This world is full of challenges. And the only way by which we can sustain others is by demonstrating the love of God unto them. So, beloved, as I bring my message to a close, I want to say again, let us love one another. Amen. Because a gift that God gave to us, who is Christ, is a gift of love. God bless us. God bless our families this Christmas season. God bless all we do. Soldier, oh, the one and only God, I am Jesus Christ, the Holy Lamb.
You've been listening to Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, General Overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries. We hope you've been blessed. Tune in next week at 6 a.m. for the power and glory of God to be released in your life. Our meeting places are Liberty Sanctuary, opposite Pogas Furniture, Trade Fair, Sundays from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Wednesday midweek teaching service, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Friday prophetic prayer service, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Monday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Hour of Prayer Fellowship. Venue is the M Plaza Hotel, Roman Ridge, Accra. Accra Prayer Place, Ashongman. Sundays, 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Akosombo Glory House Tabernacle. Sundays, 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Wednesday Fellowship, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Friday Miracle Service, 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Dunamis of the Lord's Garden Ministries. Sunday, 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Venue is the Modern Day Secondary School. Akradi Fellowship. Akradi Community Center, Thursdays 9 a.m. to 12 noon. For more information, please call 0244-156-165 or 0244-949-731. Follow us on Facebook, The Lord's Garden Ministries. Join us for great worship services. You'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as we worship together, prayer, praise, and the Word of God. Come join the celebrated family. Come on, come on.